Her team is rolling along, and so is the IPO market. Let's bring in Alex Barenka, IPO reporter at Bloomberg News, joining us on the phone from Dallas. We're talking about the Cowboys, of course, right? <laughs> rolling I, along. I would love to talk about the Cowboys. I know. Um, I, I am here in Dallas. My Cowboys were rolling last weekend, just like the IPO market has been rolling in the month of October. Yeah, they beat the really I tough 0-7 49ers. <laughs> Great accomplishment. Um, I know, I know. But it, it, was, it was a good game, if I may say so myself, as a Cowboys fan. Uh, but, you know, IPO land has heated up just like my Cowboys have. October is actually now on pace to be the biggest month of the year this year. Uh, I know last week, Carol, we talked about it being mm-hmm. almost the biggest month. Now we're officially in biggest month territory. And I, I pointed to a few things in the weekly hot sheet that I send out, um, specifically these cross-border listings, these non-U.S companies who are listing in the U.S. are really feeding a lot of the volume that we're seeing for new shares sold on U.S. exchanges. Uh, Last week alone, from just companies based in Asia, we saw $2.1 billion in stock sold here. It was the biggest week for Asian to U.S. listings since Alibaba sold $25 billion worth of stock back in 2014. And that's going to continue through October, uh, through the end of the month. We could see as much as $7.6 billion in non-U.S. companies uh, listing their stock here, which would be about a quarter of all IPO shares sold in the U.S. this year. So when you think about kind of what's driving um, this market, this IPO market here in the States, uh, cross-border comes to mind for sure and and more to come uh, with the deals coming this week and the rest of October. Yeah, I wonder... I wonder, Alex, if if in the same way that the Dallas Cowboys were propelled by the formerly <laughs> banned, if not illegal, activities of one player, if some of the practices that were formerly banned, if not illegal, uh, that are now permitted by the Jobs Act, things like disclosing, uh, uh, certifying that your, your financials are all uh, correct and there are no material weaknesses, or disclosing executive pay, if it were not for the Jobs Act, how active would the IPO market be here? How many of the Jobs Act listings? Actually, for for these cross-border deals, these companies are actually big enough, I think, to uh, QDN and C, which listed last week, are these massive Asian companies, uh, whether it's QDN, which is a consumer lending company, or C, which owns the Garena gaming platform in Southeast Asia. Those two are above kind of the old Jobs Act cap of a billion in revenue, which allowed them to um, not have to go through as rigorous of reporting processes. But, you know, folks who are on the street do talk about the fact that the Jobs Act has made it a a little less scary, per se, to approach these public markets. Obviously, the SEC will still contend that they are there to protect shareholders and make sure there is enough disclosure. But a lot of these companies are taking advantage of the Jobs Act. And especially now, just this year, they are allowing all companies to file confidentially, which lets them kind of go back and forth with the SEC about their documents and about their disclosures outside of the public eye, um, which, again, is, is meant to encourage more people, more companies to uh, get closer to the go public event. So the, <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to really equate them to uh, to uh, the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, but um, can say that the Jobs Act, especially for the smaller tech deals and some of these smaller companies, has made it at least less uh, potentially problematic and time-consuming or public aura 
changing uh, than before the Jobs Act came into play. Alex, is there one IPO coming up in the next three to six months that you're really watching closely? So the next three to six months in tech land, we're still paying attention to what happens with Dropbox and what happens mm-hmm. with Spotify. Because October is such a busy month, I'll actually kind of throw it down to this week. BP is listing its U.S. Um, pipeline assets in a BP midstream. It's what's called a master limited, limited partnership. They're looking to raise as much as $893 million, which would put it in the top five deals of the year this year for U.S. listings. So that's a big one I'm paying attention to. It's one of the last oil majors to kind of uh, get rid of some of these assets into a, either a spinoff or an IPO, um, these assets that aren't as uh, they're, they're, st- they're steady cash gro- givers, but they don't have as much growth uh, and, and really strong growth, which these big oil makers need as crude prices have fallen. The other I'd point to this week, uh, National Vision. Mm-hmm. On Thursday, this is the KKR-backed company. They sell eyewear. So if you go to a Walmart, uh, the, eye, the eyewear store, the eyeglasses store there is probably owned by National Vision. So it's yet another story of one of these private equity-backed uh, companies listing now that this uh, market has been going on for a while and valuations look pretty nice compared to uh, so years ago. Alex Brinka, always a pleasure. Whether it's football or IPOs, we're always glad to talk to Alex Brinka. Alex Brinka, of course, yeah. does our uh, weekly IPO hot sheet and covers IPOs for us here at Bloomberg. And now the IPO market has warmed up a little bit. She's finally got something to talk about. I know, right? For a while. she was, Which is great stuff. Yeah. Always. And you can check out more at uh, Alex Brinka on Twitter and just check out Bloomberg.com for all IPO-related stories. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Monday. Carol Master, Corey Johnson, right here on Bloomberg Radio. 